Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, brought to you by WPTonic.com, a WordPress maintenance and support service for business owners. We talk to the leaders in WordPress, business, and online marketing communities, bringing you insights on how to grow your business and achieve success. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Show. It's episode 341. We've got an exciting guest. It's Magnus Agamaya. Uh, I probably butchered his surname, but he said a lot of people have problems with it. So um, I don't think he's going to be too upset. And we're going to be talking about marketing optimization and a teeny weeny little bit about machine learning. So, Magnus, would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers? Absolutely. Uh, first of all, thank you for having me on the show. So my name is Magnus Jonemeyer, which is notoriously difficult to pronounce in, uh, in English, uh, apparently. Uh, I'm Swedish. I am uh, born and live in Sweden. And I have been working my entire life uh, with uh, international marketing in the software industry. Um, since about a year ago, I'm now an independent consultant, author, and speaker in the area of uh, marketing automation and uh, and uh, how to use uh, artificial intelligence in marketing. And I've written a couple of books uh, about those uh, topics as well. Right, that's great. And my great co-host, Cindy Nicholson, would you like to quickly introduce yourself? Sure. Hi, everyone. It's uh, Cindy Nicholson from thecoursewhisperer.com, where I help entrepreneurs that want to create online courses make really awesome courses for their, their uh, students. And before we go into the interview, I just want to mention um, something about one of our great sponsors, and that's WP Fusion. And what does WP Fusion? It's very linked to our discussion, actually. Um, in your technology stack, the two most important things are your WordPress website and your CRM, because your CRM should run all your marketing automation for you. You should get all your tags and everything set up correctly and get really stuck in into the marketing of the 21st century. And what does WP Fusion help with this? Well, it really enables your WordPress membership website, e-commerce site to communicate on steroids with your CRM. Now, if that really sounds interesting, and it should, i.e. for your clients or for yourself, go to the WP Fusion site and use this coupon code, which is an exclusive offer only for the listeners and viewers of WP Tonic, which is WP Tonic, all one word, uppercase, and you will get 25% of any of the packages on the WP Fusion website. And that is only exclusively if you utilize that coupon code and just read about the amazing product. It is truly amazing. So into our discussion. So I, I, I was wondering how to start this discussion really because there's been so much recently published about um, marketing automation but so many clients have been asking me questions about it, but, and I've been trying to do it myself. But I'm struggling. I've got to be truthful, and I think a lot of clients are struggling. Um, can I ask you, first of all, why do you think people struggle so much, and can you give any tips about getting started? Uh, I think there is actually not enough uh educational material on marketing automation out there. Uh, there's obviously marketing literature from the marketing automation software tool vendors uh, available. Um, in my mind, uh, 
too many people have a passive website. So we focus a lot about the content and styling of the website, making sure it has uh, really nice graphics and stuff. Uh, but that is a passive website. And by adding marketing automation technology to the website or rather behind the website, we can turn the passive website into an active marketing machinery that actively uh, tries to harvest leads and actively nurture and, and follow up with those leads, uh, automating the sales process 24 by 7. And uh, there is a certain level of programming behind the scenes that is going on here. Um, and that may scare some people off. Uh, but that programming is not like writing code. Uh, it is just drag and drop and creating email sequences that are triggered to be sent when certain people uh, do certain things. So you define a set of trigger conditions that set off an action chain, uh, for example, sending five emails over the next five weeks uh, only to people who did a certain action on the website, for example. So um, I usually... Uh, <clears throat> say that we, we install Tripwire on the website and when people um, trigger those tri Tripwires, then some uh, follow-up logic is uh, applied to that person automatically. So there is a certain amount of programming to it, but it's on a very high level and you don't need to know or understand any coding whatsoever to do it. Uh, Cindy? Yeah, thank you, Magnus. So, so um, it's true because we all hear about, you know, anyone who's been in an online business or has online courses, they, they hear about this whole automation thing. And, you know, there's an, a rush to kind of get things automated to keep everybody's life simpler. So where are people going wrong? Like when they go to automate things, where are they making mistakes and what are they struggling with? I think there are a set of problems that people may bump into. Uh, marketing automation is a software system or a software robot that delivers the right content to the right person at the right time. So using uh, marketing automation software, we can um, deliver uh, certain types of content uh, at a context-specific time, let's say. And uh, I think most companies starting to use marketing automation underestimate the amount of content that needs to be produced. So uh, content marketing without marketing automation is not performing at, at its best. Marketing automation without content can do nothing. Uh, and by combining uh, content marketing or, or content with a marketing automation robot, then we can tur turbocharge the effect and, and uh, get much more out of it. And uh, pretty much uh, the website is the, the styling uh, of, of your marketing and the marketing automation system provides the business value or the business results. And by adding marketing automation, we turn a passive website into an active marketing system. Uh, so underestimating the amount of content is certainly one problem I see many companies bumping into. Uh, another uh, mistake is probably to spam people with irrelevant stuff. If you have a software robot that can send a lot of emails automatically, it's very easy to send, uh, quite frankly, spammy stuff, uh, which is of no relevance. So the trick with marketing automation is not to set up uh, one a uh, very long sequence of, of uh, 52 emails being sent uh, once, once every week for a full year. Uh, but rather install the tripwire on the website that uh, sets off certain shorter email sequences that do specific content deliveries 
that relate specifically to whatever that person did on the website at that specific time. And the more things someone does on the website, the more tripwire he trips on, um, and he will be exposed to more and more content, which is delivered at a very context-specific time and uh, with the right information. So um, rather than having the same stuff going out to everyone, uh, try to have parallel systems that send uh, much shorter email sequences with highly targeted information uh, to the people who just need that at that specific point in time. Uh, I also think that many people buy marketing automation software and just thinks that it is email automation or just uh, sending drip email sequences. They don't really add the workflow logic that you can do so you can have if-then-else logic to those uh, action uh, sequences. So, for example, if I would automate a manually held webinar, then I would send a mail shot to the segment of people who are interested, who likely are interested in joining that webinar. And that email would have a link to the sign-up page or the landing page where people can register. But then I would create an, a follow-up sequence in the marketing automation system that automatically do things uh, to the people who signed up to the webinar. And by integration between the marketing automation system and the webinar platform, for example, uh, you could then have the marketing automation system check uh, which people out of those who actually registered to attend did in fact attend to the webinar. And dependent on uh, whether or not someone actually did attend, then we can send different follow-up sequences to those who attended versus those who didn't attend. So for those who attended, we can send an uh, email sequence, for example, with a soft sales message. And for those who didn't attend, we can send out an email with a recording, for example. Uh, you can also automate webinars fully. So there are marketing automation systems or specialized tools that do fully automated webinars that send um, or, or publish um, pre-recorded videos, uh, let's say. Um, and it's set up uh, in, in the way that it actually looks like uh, kind of a manually recorded uh, or manually um, uh, published webinar. So you have to sign up on a landing page. Uh, and There's usually a countdown timer with a second, uh, second display that counts down uh, every second to create the urgency. And uh, whenever someone uh, comes to that uh, landing page, they see that today... Uh, at noon, for example, there is a webinar and there is urgency to, to join. But uh, if someone else uh, goes to that landing page the next day or later the same day, they see the same webinar being offered but at a different time. That is uh, perhaps two hours in the, into the future. Uh, and likewise, with fully automated webinars, we can send different follow-up email sequences to people depending on whether or not they, in fact, did attend. Um, we can also check whether or not someone opened a specific email and respond differently. Uh, we can adjust the, uh, the following emails depending on whether or not someone opened the first email or not. Uh, if we install a uh, video clip on the website, I can send uh, follow-up sequences to people who watched uh, above 25 seconds and those who watched the movie three times and at least one minute, uh, then we can do something differently. Uh, uh, I, I, I think... <laughs> I think you've just thrown an enormous amount of information, fantastic information. Um, it's obvious that you're a total expert in this area, but um, I think you, what you've done is, uh, my response, I was just, you know, the information was fantastic, but um, 
I, I, I think it was a little bit sim. Um, there's a little bit of symbolism there because it, it slightly felt a little bit overwhelming <laughs> as well. Okay. Uh, I think we're gonna to have to break. The, I don't know what Cindy feels. I think maybe this is this is we got to the key of the problem. Um, is there any kind of little baby steps, little things that people you think could get the biggest return um, if they set up something in utilizing a you know marketing automation? Are there any kind of little? Um, I'm looking for the right word in here, Cindy. Is it? Not baby steps, but I think baby steps is a good word for it. It's really like, you know, because essentially what you're saying, Magnus, is that, you know, the opportunity for automation is more than just automatically sending out emails. There's just so much more that you can do from a business building perspective than just, oh, taking the load off my shoulders of having to send out a bunch of emails. So, you know. I guess you know, maybe Jonathan is just like, what is kind of the first step, you know, beyond just, you know, setting up the automation? Yeah, Savvy, Savvy, I, I don't know if you agree with this, Cindy. Something around uh, if you've got a course, something, what maybe the, I don't know, is there, have you worked with any kind of people that got kind of a course and you've helped them set up some initial automation? So I think from, from from my point of view, if you want to be bare minimum, then you should make sure uh, to have not uh, not to have a website um, that doesn't really uh, ask for the, the contact details. So what you want uh, on the website is to make sure that you have at least one lead magnet. So perhaps a PDF uh, file that we are offering uh, that has a, a perceived and hopefully a real value to the website visitors. And you offer that for free in return for our email address. So basically what you do is that you install a call to action button. So a red or green or yellow button on the website that says click here to download this free PDF, which is valuable in shorter words, obviously. Uh, and by clicking that, uh, that button, uh, people are driven to a landing page where they have a registration form where they need to register their contact details to get that free download. And uh, that is the, the traditional way of harvesting leads uh, from the website, i.e. converting anonymous visitors into identified people. And uh, by asking for the email address and giving them something to download f- for free in return, we have a kind of a business transaction where we got the email address and they got something valuable. And then onwards, we can start to send some nurturing emails. Uh, and if you don't have that basic step of offering a lead magnet and collecting or harvesting emails uh, using that lead magnet as an incentive, then you can't really do anything else. You need to get the email addresses of, of your anonymous visitors on the website to do any uh, further follow-up uh, pretty much. All right. What do you think, Cindy? Yeah, so so then, you know, with automation, then what is the best way then to kind of um, segment your audience, right? Because that's kind of the next step. Once you've kind of captured these these email addresses, you want to kind of segment them according to, you know, mm-hmm. what kind of things they might be interested in. What, what are some of the things, what are some of the ways that you can be, you can identify the segment that you would put these? Uh, uh, there are uh, pretty much uh, two or three ways to do that. 
one way, which is probably the easiest, is just to ask them. And uh, how would you ask people what segment uh, we should put them into or what bucket we should put them into? Uh, we do that by adding one more question to the registration form. So if the registration form normally asks for the first name and the email address, and we could ask, uh, we can add a third uh, field that, for example, um, includes a drop-down list with three uh, predefined answers. And we could ask for um, which kind of uh, courses are you interested in. Uh, windsurfing courses, uh, kayaking courses, or running courses, for example. And then by, just by having them uh, answer that simple question in the form, we can collect important segmentation information and we know which bucket to put that person into. And that could then affect which type of emails to send onwards. So that is the most direct way to just ask them. Uh, the second way uh, is that we can monitor their behaviors on the website. So the marketing automation system uh, hooks into the website and records the digital footprint of all the visitors. And so we can see that, for example, a specific person is often or, or has been to the windsurfing pages on the website, but not on the running, running or jogging uh, pages. Then we can probably indirectly conclude that this person is more interested in windsurfing stuff rather than uh, you know, jogging stuff. Um, we can also conclude that from other indirect means. For example, if we offer free lead magnets for free downloads, we offer free different types of PDFs that we, we promote and uh, ask people to download for free in return for our uh, registration information. And um, by looking at what PDF a certain person have downloaded, we can conclude that that if, if uh, someone downloaded the windsurfing-related PDF, then we can conclude that this is probably a windsurfing guy and we put him in that bucket. Uh, someone else downloaded a, um, a jogging-related uh, PDF and we put her in, in the jogging bucket. So that are uh, a couple of ways we can do that. Oh, that's great. We're going to go for our break, folks, and we'll be back more. We'll be delving even deeper into this world of automotive marketing. We'll be back soon, folks. Do you want to spend more time making money online? Then use WP Tonic as your trusted WordPress developer partner. They will keep your WordPress website secure and up to date so you can concentrate on the things that make you money. Examples of WP Tonic's client services are landing pages, page layouts, widgets, updates, and modifications. WP Tonic is well-known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with full, no-question-asked, 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay. Sign up with WP Tonic today. That's wp-tonic.com. Just like the podcast. We're coming back. Magnus is... Uh... Blow me away. I don't know about Cindy. Uh, um, uh, my mind's racing now. I've got all sorts of ideas being fertilated by this conversation. Um, got another question, Cindy? So um, I guess we like, you know, a lot of people we've heard about, or a lot of people have heard about automation. And where do you think the next step is going to be in terms of what, um, where do you see this automation going? So currently we have man manually configured uh, marketing automation. <clears throat> I think the next step is uh, AI-driven or, or uh, machine learning-driven uh, marketing automation, whereby we have to do less work ourselves and uh, 
the AI software uh, learns and adapts automatically over time. So we can take uh, one or two examples of how that could be done in, in practice. So in marketing automation, uh, there is a concept called lead scoring. We can design a simple algorithm to guesstimate how uh, interested someone is to buy soon. And we do that by adding a credit score to each activity. So if someone, this is one page on the website that gives plus one. If they download a PDF, that gives plus three. Um, if they watch a webinar, that gives plus five. And then we put a summary on all the activities. And the more activities that person do, uh, the higher the score. And by comparing the score of different people, we can kind of guesstimate how interested someone is really versus someone else based on their digital footprint, let's say. But we have to create that algorithm manually and add the scores for the different activities on our own. And there is a risk that uh, our guess as to how to design that algorithm is not correct. Uh, and for example, we can now use machine learning to do something called predictive lead scoring, where artificial intelligence uh, is being used and um, we compare the digital footprint or the behavior, the online behavior of a new lead to the online behavior of our customers before they became customers. So based on the similarity of the behavior of the new leads compared to the actual customers before they became customers, we can get a um, <clears throat> predictive lead score, which is usually calculated 0 to 100% that um, estimates how, how close someone is to buy. And we can then connect the lead score and, and have that to trigger marketing automation logic and have that sent off different emails. So whoever is 25% purchase ready, we send them free emails with a soft sales message. But then that person does some more things over the next few months and eventually uh, come over 50% uh, ready to buy, and we can send a, hard, a sequence of harder uh, sales message emails to them. Uh, if someone do a, a bit more and become 75% sales ready, then we don't send them an email anymore, but we actually have a marketing automation system create a to-do task in the calendar uh, of a sales guy in the CRM system, such that that sales guy actually have to do a manual sales call. So that is one way of, of using artificial intelligence. Another way which is very easy to understand is email marketing. So today, if you use MailChimp or, or ConvertKit or, or ActiveCampaign for your, uh, for your uh, email uh, marketing, uh, we typically send all the 10,000 or 100,000 emails at the same go, at the same time. But with machine learning, uh, the email, <laughs> email marketing uh, software could actually adapt the send time for each individual person. So instead of sending 100,000 emails at the same time, you send one email at 100,000 different times to, to optimize the open rate of, of, uh, of emails. Because some, someone uh, likely uh, wants to have the email at 10 o'clock in the morning to open it, most likely, whereas someone else wanted it at 3 p.m. And is that available now or is that coming? No, that is available. It's available now that you can do yeah. this. Yeah. Crazy. Jonathan. Yeah, I just so you say available. You know, I don't think some of the leading automotive marketing platforms like Active Campaign, the one I actually use, or Drip, or or any of the more non um, corporate 
um, aimed ones are doing that. Am I correct, or is it just in the corporate field that they're utilizing? In terms of, of AI-based marketing automation, so far, most of the interesting AI stuff is done by independent startup companies. Right. So there are uh, hundreds of, of uh, marketing automation solutions out there that uses AI, but they are usually not the main big marketing automation system like ActiveCampaign or, or HubSpot or, or uh, something like that, but rather specialized tools that only do one specific thing. I don't want to go off to, I'm notorious for slightly going off topic, but I don't, but it's just, I, I just can't resist myself because you're such an expert in this area. You, you use AI, but I tend to prefer to use mach- the word in machine learning. Because yeah, which I, is more correct, in fact. Pardon? Which is more correct, in fact. Because I kind of... <coughs> um, um, I might be incorrect here, but I, I, I think there's a kind of... Um, baggage around artificial intelligence because people start thinking that we're talking about a machine that has kind of almost human consciousness levels and I think we're very far from that but so I prefer to use the term machine learning what do you think? Uh, I think you're correct Uh, to be honest I don't think there is any uh, clear definition definition of what AI really is. Um, we do not have strong AI, so we do not have you know, uh, machines that take over the world and and uh, you know can reason on their own or or have feelings and stuff. So we only have uh, narrow AI that does more specific tasks, uh, which perhaps is a good thing. Um, but I think AI is more of an umbrella term that collects a different set of of uh, specialized technologies. So I usually explain it with uh, with three uh, three layers of technology. So the first layer is kind of big data, where we can um, find almost invisible patterns um, and correlations in historical data. So, for example, using uh, big data, we can detect that a certain type of credit card transactions have been fraudulent in the past. The next level up would be something called predictive analytics where we can design algorithms that can detect such circumstances in future unknown data. That pretty much means that in an ATM machine, uh, we can detect that a currently ongoing credit card transaction likely is fraudulent or not. But the problem is that if uh, the prediction algorithm learns that uh, credit card transactions from country A uh, tends to be fraudulent, but that changes over time. And later on, in fact, uh, credit card transactions from, from country B is more likely to be fraudulent. And the prediction algorithm wouldn't pick up that change and start to increasingly make worse and worse predictions. So if we add a feedback loop to the prediction algorithm, we get machine learning. And machine learning are algorithms that can predict the future based on historical data, but it keeps learning all the time as more data becomes available. I think what you're saying there is um, that computers could do very specific things in very ordered patterns, but when there was any variable, um, they tended to break down. By what you've just described, you give um, a normally a very unadaptive um, process the ability to adapt to some degree. Would that be correct? So, so with machine learning, we get algorithms that can optimize themselves as they are uh, 
exposed to more data. So the more data we get over time, they can optimize their own behavior and become better and better at doing predictions that are more and more accurate. And uh, making uh, predictions that follow the changes in the external world as well. Oh, Sophie, so Nikki, let's get back on subject. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll pull you guys back in. So, um, let's go back to automation because, um, you know, this is something that a lot of our uh, listeners like to talk about. Now, and maybe you can tell us the process that you use, but how does, how does a, um, a small business owner decide what the best automation structure should look like? Like what process do you use to decide with your clients, like what that automation, you know, um, process or system should look like? Yeah, I think uh, we have this, uh, this term in Sweden uh, where we usually say that uh, or we ask how long is a string. Uh, the string can be as long as you need it to be and uh, depending yeah. on how much money you have. Um, I think we uh, should start small. Uh, the uh, 80-20 rule, the Pareto rule applies. So uh, use, uh, take, take the low-hanging fruit initially. Make sure to collect uh, leads from a website by offering a free lead magnet, a PDF download usually, uh, in return for, for uh, the visitors uh, submitting their contact information in a form and start to send them some nurturing emails uh, at least. Uh, and then we can add more stuff as time passes. Um, but we shouldn't underestimate the, the need for content. You probably need to, to blog uh, unless you have a set of blog articles that are educational on, on certain topics. Then you don't really have a lot to say in the emails. We shouldn't really send a lot of salesy emails just promoting the products and offering discounts and stuff. But we should uh, make sure that at least 80% of the emails we send are, are uh, truly educational, informative or inspirational and not salesy. And uh, the best way of doing that is to send uh, a short email um, that explains uh, uh, why something is important and what it is, and then link to a blog post that explains how it is done. So uh, basically, the emails to send automatically is the teaser that drives traffic to the website uh, or the blog rubber, where um, <clears throat> the visitor uh, or the lead is exposed to more educational content. So we teach them to come back to the blog by sending them emails, uh, the them uh, with, with interesting topics, uh, and, and by clicking a link in the email, we drive traffic back to the website. And the blog article, the blog post, should then have call-to-action buttons or banner ads that promote more free uh, lead magnets, more incentives to, to download more PDFs, so we can give them more educational content to consume, um, thereby uh, building our own authority and building the trust over time. So basically, I try to build a machinery where uh, I try to get the lead to consume as much educational content as possible. Uh, using emails, for example, to drive traffic to the blog posts. The blog posts promote PDF downloads. Those PDFs promote the webinar, etc., etc. Oh, that's great. Uh, I think we're going to um, come to the end of our podcast for the part of the show um, uh, Magnus has been generous to say he'll stay on for a little while which you'll be able to see on the WP Tonic website and YouTube channel um, Magnus how can people find out more about what you've discussed I've just been blown away by your knowledge really um, how can they find out more about you and what you're up to 
So my website, obviously, uh, Um And then uh, I have a blog, uh, so yonamire.com forward slash blog. Um, there is also a free book on marketing automation that, uh, that we listeners to this podcast can, uh, can download for free. And it's available on yonamire.com forward slash subscribe. It's a 240-page uh, book uh, in PDF format on marketing automation. Oh, that's great. Uh, Cindy, how can people find out more about you and what you're up to, Cindy? Yeah, so if you're in the midst of creating a course and you need a little help to um, level it up, uh, you can reach me at uh, thecoursewhisperer.com. That's great. And um, hopefully next week, or we will, have another expert similar to Magnus um, that will give you um, insights and help you build an online course or membership site and get the success that you're looking for we'll see you next week folks bye thanks for listening to wp tonic the podcast that gives you a spoonful of wordpress medicine twice a week